Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad you are in the house of the Lord today. My heart has been refreshed. My spirit has been lifted up. My soul has found hope this morning as we entered into the presence of the Lord together in worship. I know about you, when I come to the house of the Lord to worship Him, I'm giving attention to the words that are coming out of my heart. I'm listening to the words of the songs, words of worship, words of adoration, and then I hear the worship leader and everyone here guiding us into a spirit of surrender, a spirit that says, Lord, today my heart is focused on you, my spirit is focused on you. And as Daniel prayed, I'm here because I've been adopted into the family of God. I've been redeemed. I've been restored. I've been renewed. I've been delivered. And God so loved me that he would send his only begotten son. He would die on the cross for me, a sinner, a religious man, to find freedom in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I am free today. Is anybody free in the house of the Lord? I don't know about you, but I'm redeemed. Is anybody redeemed in the house of the Lord? I don't know about you, but I know this world is, is okay, but I'm going to a better world someday. Amen? I don't know about you, but I know for a fact that I, the Lord is preparing a mansion for me, and guess what? He's coming back for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? He's coming back for his children. He's coming back for his bride. And I pray that you are part of the family of God. I'm, I'm delighted. Don't you stand up with me for just a second? I am grateful that we are here. I know you've been standing for a while worshiping the Lord. You know, they used to not only stand, they used to bow before the Lord. Are y'all all right? Is everybody okay? They used to prostrate themselves in the presence of God. The priests used to walk into the temple of God. The glory was so thick, they couldn't even stand up. They had to come under the glory and throw themselves at the mercy of God. See, God, have mercy on us. And I'm grateful that we are in a house that gives us the freedom to worship Him and to honor Him and to rejoice in His presence. Look at your neighbor today. Right now, turn to the person standing next to you and, and, and say this to them. You are standing next to somebody special right now. Would you do that? Say, you are standing next to somebody special. Yes, sir. Look at them again one more time. Look at your neighbor to your left and say, you are standing next to a priest of God. Say that. They say, you are standing next to a priest of God. Would you do that? Come on. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, I want you to know I am blessed. You are blessed that we are in the house of God. Say, I am blessed. You are blessed because we are in the house of the living God. Amen. I wonder if God has delivered anybody out of really major shackles and bondage. Can I just see your hand? God has delivered me. I know God has set me free. I wonder if anybody can testify. Now, I know if we give you the microphone, we'll be here all day. But if you were just by raising your hand, say, I've been delivered. I know where I've been. I know where I am and I know where I'm going. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody have a testimony that says hell has no control of me anymore? Darkness has no control of me anymore. Sin has no more control of me anymore. Bondage has no more control of me anymore. I've been in the storm. I'm through the storm. I am on the safe shores of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Because every once in a while, you're going to have to tell it. At Walmart, you're going to have to tell it. At Kroger's, you're going to have to tell it. 
To your neighbors, you're going to have to tell it. You're going to have to tell them in details what God has done. And don't be ashamed of where you've been. I'm telling you, if I tell you the stuff that I've been delivered from, you say, Fadi, not you. Yes, I am. God has been good to me. I say, God has been good to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Did you bring your Bibles with you this morning? Can I see your Bibles? Would you lift it up? Right, if, whether it's on your phone, on your iPad, Bible in your hands. We're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 27. We have been in the book of Acts now for a season. We've been studying God's fresh revisitation to the body of Christ all over the earth. By the way, everywhere I teach and I connect with leaders and ministers, they're all studying the book of Acts all over the globe. It's as if it is God's appointment for the church to revisit His call and His vision. So far, so far, we have learned that God has prepared His ministers, leaders, and ambassadors. And He's brought up His ambassadors to be watchmen, watchwomen for the body of Christ. So God has called you as a follower of Christ to be a watchman, Ezekiel 33 and verse, verse 7 said. God not only called you to be a watchman, God called you as a follower of Christ to be a visionary. You can see what God is showing you and you could walk in the way of God. God not only called you to be a visionary, He called you to be a servant leader, a servant of God. That's what Hannah was saying. Let's serve, let's bring the next generation to, to the Father. And then God called you to be a watchman, a visionary, a servant. That's what His disciples and ambassadors and apostles are like. And then God called you to be a breakthrough agent. You're a way of life. You're a vessel of life for somebody else who need to know what you have known and the life that you have received. So you're a watchman, you're a visionary, you're a servant, you're a breakthrough agent, and you're a disciple maker. Go and make disciples of all nations. Bring them to the Father to learn and grow what you have learned and you've grown by, and therefore the nations will come to the Father. Go and He said, I'll be with you always. So God prepared you to be a watchman. God has prepared you to be a visionary. God has prepared you to be a servant. God has prepared you to be a breakthrough through agent and God has prepared you to be a disciple maker. Are you glad that God thinks that much of you to trust you with his kingdom call? And then God prepared the church and God said to the church, I have a plan to the, for the church, walk ye in it. And then God said, out of that plan comes the power released of God, practice it. And then out of that power comes literally the promises of God into fulfillment, live by it. And then God said, the purposes of God will be fulfilled, celebrate it. Amen. So as the body of Christ, we walk in a plan. As the body of Christ, we practice the power of God. As the body of Christ, we receive the promises of God and we celebrate the purposes of God. Amen? Now I'm going to jump immediately to Acts chapter 27 and we're going to go to verse 20. And we're going to catch up in the next month, month or so. But we're going to jump to the end of the chapters. 27 verse 20. If you're there, say, I'm there. The Bible says, for many days neither sun nor stars appeared, and the severe storm kept raging finally, and finally all hope was fading that we would be saved. Now, Paul is in a journey, he's in a, he's in a trip, he's on his way to Rome, and they're in a vessel, in a ship, and they're about to face a major storm. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul then stood up among them and said, You men should have followed my advice not to 
sailed from Crete and sustained this damage and loss. You should have listened to the man of God. You should have listened to the woman of God that are filled with the Spirit of God, as Daniel was trying to teach us that we have in us. Verse 22. Now I urge you to take courage, because there will be no loss of any of your lives, but only of the ship. For last night an angel of God... An angel of the God I belong to and serve stood by me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. It is necessary for you to appear before Caesar. And indeed, God had graciously given you all those who are sailing with you. So take courage, men, because I believe God it w- that it will be just the way it was told to me. But we have run aground on some island. Let me just stop right here. I'll come back to the rest of it. Now hold your Bible in front of you. And I want to pray for just a second. Lord, would you teach us how to take your word and just have it live and reside in our soul and heart? God, would you imprint it on our minds that we are minded of your words and what you could do in our lives even when we leave the sanctuary? And would you give us your plan that others may see the freedom that we're encountering because of your word in our lives? In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, our God is an awesome God. Somebody say hallelujah. Our God is an awesome God. Now, so far, we have seen where the Apostle Paul is. Now, as I've said earlier this morning, uh, every one of us have a testimony. Every one of us have a story. But isn't it amazing? Sometimes the best of the stories come out of the best of the storms. Sometimes the best of our stories comes out of the best of our storms. Sometimes our testimonies are shaped by our storms. Are you with me, somebody? Sometimes our testimonies are shaped by our storms. And sometimes the bigger the storm, the bigger the testimony. Can anybody say hallelujah? So the bigger the storm, the bigger the testimony. And, and, and God will allow us to go through things sometimes in order that we may see him and see his goodness. And rest in him and depend on him so we could reach the shores where he's taken us. And sometimes our testimonies are driven by the storms that we're encountering. Now, so far, everywhere we've seen Paul, he is in obedience to the will of God. He also is facing the opposition to the gospel of God inside of him. We saw him last Sunday in the jailhouse in Philippi. And even in jail, he was preaching the gospel. Now we see him on his way to Rome because he desired to go to Rome and to preach the gospel there. And even when he's on a ship that about to face a major ferocious storm, we see him preaching the gospel of God. He's focused on his call. He's focused on his commission. He's focused on his ministry. And he'll not let go of the race that God has given him to run. And that ought to be our spirit. We ought to be focused on what God has given us. Paul said as they went on their way, in the beginning when they almost felt like there's going to be a storm that's going to hinder the ship, from making it all the way to Rome, they had sailed just a little bit, and then they landed in a shore there in one of the stopping uh, places uh, in Crete. And he said, you know, I sense there's a storm, a bigger storm coming, and I think we ought to not sail. We ought to wait until the storm dies down so we could sail safely because I feel like if we go against what God is showing us, we're going to end up facing death, maybe even loss of life, and a major disaster in our lives. 
How many of you know that sometimes you get a sign from God for things you ought to not do, but against the direction of God, you end up doing what you want to do simply because that's what you want to do and you end up in deeper trouble than you have listened to God. Sometimes the first storm is something God can help you through, but the storm that you throw yourself into, God said, all right, you can have it your way and you're going to face the consequences of your own choices. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and sometimes we run into these storms and Paul said, I'm telling you, listen to my advice. Don't go all the way because we may be facing some trouble. And, and Paul was trying to give us a word of warning for us to heed and for us to listen to. But they decided to sail. They decided to go against what the man of God is saying. They decided to trust their own instinct instead of trusting the word of God through the man of God. The message of God through the man of God. But how many of you know that even in the storms when we make our own decisions that goes against the will of God, God is still good. And God sometimes would deliver us in spite of us simply because God loves us in spite of us. Are y'all all right? And we can trust him in the storm. Now, it's one thing to say to somebody, the storm is coming, hang in here and trust God. It's another thing to tell somebody when they're in the storm to trust God. That's something else. To trust God when you have not hit the storm is one thing. But to trust him while you're in the storm, it's something else. And Paul said, we need to learn to trust God when he gives us warning. But also Paul is about to demonstrate that we can trust him even in the middle of the storm. Why? Because Paul had been through many, many storms. He'd been through many, many hungry nights. He'd been through many, many shipwrecks. He'd been there before and he knew how to trust God in the storm. See, Paul knows how to start something and Paul knows how to go through something. Are y'all okay? Paul knows how to start something and he knows how to finish something because he knows the someone that walks with him through that something. Are you with me, somebody? And so Paul knows that he knows that God is with him. A lot of people know how to start things, but they don't know how to persevere through things. A lot of people know how to start things, but they don't know how to finish things. And God is looking for people that can say, I've, 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 I've started my race and I have finished the race. I've kept the faith and I've finished the race. And that's why Paul said, I have been there. I've been shipwrecked before and I can trust God in the storm. Now, the owner of the ship decided to either listen to Paul or listen to the owner. To, to, uh, the, 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 I mean, the centurion decided to listen to the owner of the ship or to Paul. And he made up his mind. He's not going to listen to a religious man. He's going to listen to a man who who was business profiteering kind of a guy. So he decided to go ahead and sail into the bigger storm against the, the warning of the apostle Paul. And so he, he's on, he made up his mind. He didn't want to listen, but Paul knew how to start something and finish it. But the rest of the ship did not know that. God looks for people who have good ideas, but also know how to trust him for the ideas that God has given them. Are you with me? I want to learn some things about the storm. So they're sailing right now. They're on their way to Rome. And the ship is about to break. I want you to come close. I want to tell you something. Sometimes it's in the breaking that we find the greatest blessings. Sometimes it's in the breaking seasons that you and I will find our greatest blessings. That's why they take the olive and they crush it to bring the oil out of it. Are you with me somebody? 
You take something that has something in it in order for it to, to, to reduce, to produce the thing that God wants to produce. God may take you through a breaking season in order that he may bring you to a blessing season. And they're about to go into a breaking time. I want to give you three simple things concerning this storm. Three things. Number one, I want you to see that storms are a part of our lives. So I'm going to begin to talk about the reality of our storms. The realness of our storms. Storms are a part of our lives. As a matter of fact, it's been said concerning this chapter right here, chapters 27 and the first part of chapter 28. It's one of the most eloquent written pieces of literature in all of Christian history. It's got details in it of the soft, this is good, the sovereignty of God mixed with the responsibility of man. So here we see God being good and sovereign. Here we see man have to be responsible to respond to God. The realness of our storm. Storms are real. We all have been in storms. We all maybe are, some of us are, have come out of storms. Some of us are in storms. And some of us are on our way to a storm. But storms are real in life. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, we see, the, we see the, the picture image of the first type of storm that you and I will face. It's because we're alive. We're in God's nature. We're in God's earth. We're going to face storms. Matthew 5, 45, it says, it rains on the just and the unjust. Just because you're here, you're going to face some storms. That's the first kind of challenge and a storm that you and I will face. But there's another kind of storm that you and I may face, and that is a storm that we bring into our own lives. Ask Jonah, and he'll respond to that. Because Jonah decided to walk away because of his prejudice against another race and against other people. And he decided to not obey the will of God. And watch this now. The first thing he did is he ran away from the voice of the Lord the opposite way in disobedience to God. He was out of the will of God. He was out of the presence of God and brought himself into a storm. Sometimes you and I will walk so much far away from his presence, so far away from his word so far away from his will and mark my word when you make a choice to depart from his presence from his word from his will you'll end up in a storm you'll end up in a storm and and Jonah ended up in a storm the third type of a storm is that we face is a storm for our maturity for our development Matthew 8 18 it tells us of Christ telling his disciples to leave one shore go to the other side cross over to the other side and I'll meet you there and and he puts them in a boat and they're on their way there and then a and a storm rises and and they begin to seek after God so they can grow to depend on the Lord and rely on his power, strength, and wisdom, and his intuition. He's the one who told them, go to the other side, and I'll meet you there. There are times when God sends us into a storm in order that we may learn of him, learn of his goodness, learn of his grace, learn that he will complete what he has begun, learn that he will perfect all things concerning you, learn that God is with you always. So there's the third storm. Sometimes you're in the storm because you're in disobedience to the will of God like a Jonah. And sometimes you're in the storm because you're in the will of God and God wants to grow you through it. So there's the first storm. There's the second storm we cause ourselves. There's the third storm. It's for our maturity. And there is the fourth storm. And that's the storm that you're dragged into. Paul here 
had been dragged into a storm. Paul had been brought into a storm. Paul said, let's not sail. Let's not go. We see the warnings. We hear the wind. We, are, we see the flashing lightnings. We hear the thunder. We, it's, it's unlikely that we're going to make it to the next destination. Safe. So let's not go. But they decided to not listen to Paul. They wanted to listen to a businessman who owns the ship, who wants to profit out of the journey. And he said, now let's just go even at the risk of your life and everybody else's life. Sometimes you're dragged into a storm. Your mom and dad may make a decision, a bad decision, and they drag the whole family into a storm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you make a bad business decision, and you drag your employees into a storm. Sometimes uh, governments may make bad decisions, and they drag the whole nation into a storm. Sometimes you as a parent may have a child that may walk away and drag you into a storm. These are storms that we're dragged into, but these are storms that you and I can learn to look at God, rest with God, and believe that He is Jehovah Jireh when we need Him, that He is Jehovah Shammah because He's ever present with us, that He's Jehovah Shalom, He will be our peace in the storm, that He will be our shepherd and He will guide us and lead us in the storm, that He's with us always and, and He will hold us by His right hand, that He's with us even in times when we have no control of the storm. Storms are a major part of our lives and we need to learn that they are. And the second thing, not only the reality of our storms, but I want you to see that the second thing is our response to the storms. How do you respond to storms? How do you respond when something is coming right at you or when you no longer have control of what's going on all around you? First of all, you see the reality of our storms. They're a part of our lives. <clears throat> but secondly, how do you respond to troubled times? Because you have to make decisions in the storms. Let me give you three things you ought to not do when you face the storms. Number one, I need you to understand, like all of us need to understand, we need not make quick decisions in the storms. Avoid making quick decisions in the storms. See, when we are facing the storms, and listen to this, my friend, it's not what, it's not what you face that determines where you'll end up. It's who you listen to. Who guides you determines where you'll end up. They said, we got to do something quickly now. Let's go ahead of the wind. They made a fast decision. But let me just say it again. It's not what you go through, especially if you're a child of God, that determines where you'll end up. It's who you listen to, who guides you through the storm, that determines where you'll end up. Did you get that? See, that's very, very important. We make quick decisions in the storm. But you and I are children of God. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, wait, I say, upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait till he guides you. Learn to grow and serve and and tarry with God until he says, okay, it's time to move. That's how the children of God ought to function. I remember my pastor in Tampa, Florida, when Lindy and I lived in Tampa. I remember him telling the story of a man who wanted to leave Tampa and go start a business in another city. And a simple question he asked uh, 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 Dr. Ken Whitten. He said, he said to him, he said, let me ask you a question. Did God tell you to go and make that business in, in, in Chicago? And he said, well, I'm, I'm praying about it. He said, well, here's my recommendation to you. Stay until God tells you to move. 
Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Don't make quick decisions. The Holy Spirit does not drag us into the next destination. He guides us into the next destination. That's how the Holy Spirit functions in my life. And I've made decisions before, and I didn't wait upon the Lord. And I look back today and I thought, oh, it would have turned different if I had waited upon the Lord. Are y'all all right? Is it okay to be real with you this morning? Are you okay? You've made decisions that are the same way. And we need to wait. So avoid making quick decisions when you are in a storm. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. The Bible said, as a matter of fact, in chapter 27 and verse 11. But the centurion paid attention to the captain and the owner of the ship rather than to what the apostle Paul said. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in and and the majority decided to set sail from their hope and somehow they'll reach Phoenix. They decided to listen to somebody else instead of the apostle Paul. Not only they made a quick decision, the second warning we need to have when we're talking about responding to the storm, avoid making quick decisions in the storm. Number two, avoid making worldly, fleshly, emotional decisions in the storm. Avoid making worldly and emotional decisions in the storm. They basically listen to the advice of a worldly individual. And I just want to say something to all of us here today. Anytime you give your ear to someone who's not led by the Spirit, saturated in the Word of God, somebody who's living in the will of God, anytime we give our ears and our hearts to the world that comes against God, it will do several things. First of all, it will take your affection away from Jesus. Number two, it'll take your conviction away from the Word of God. And number three, it'll transform and alter your character that you used to be walking with God. And number four, it'll take you away from the call of God. Can I say it again? Anytime you seek the world's wisdom for what your needs are, instead the word, the spirit, and the guidance of God, you will end up losing your affection toward God because that's what the world does. You will end up losing literally your conviction before God. Number three, you'll end up losing your commission that God has called you to do, and your character will be altered to be a witness and a testimony for Almighty God. And they listened to the world instead of listening to the man of God. Avoid making that mistake. And number three, when we are facing the storms, we not only avoid making quick decisions, worldly and emotional decisions. Number, number three, we will avoid making popular, <laughs> profiteering posi- uh, decisions. Popular decisions that are, that are going to help us be promoted in advance and get popular with everybody else. And how many of us make decisions sometimes just to stay within the majority, to stay popular with everybody? We don't want to come against others. So we think the the majority is always right. The majority here said, let's sail. Paul said, don't sail. The majority sometimes we think represents democracy. Sometimes the majority, this is going to be a little too hard. It may represent hypocrisy. I'll go right here. The majority sometimes, may, may we, we may think represent democracy, but sometimes the majority, because they don't want to practice what is right, they will represent hypocrisy. And destroy everybody else that is on the boat. And destroy the future generation. Simply because the majority refuses to speak up because if they do, that literally means they're going to have to sacrifice Compromise, 
lose out on a promotion, lose out on favor, lose out on popularity. You ask the spies in Numbers chapter 13, but when, when they were sent to spy out the land, to the land of Canaan, to see that if, if, if it's somewhere they could go. And, uh, and, and, and they went out there, there's, there's, there's 12 spies, and, and 10 of them said, we can't go. There's giants in the land, and two of them said, let's go take it. They decided not to go at that time in the beginning, and they suffered the consequences of that. A majority is not always somewhere where, where it is the will of God. We need to go with where the Holy Spirit of God is said to do. Are y'all all right? So, listen, first, the reality of the storms are part of our lives. Secondly, not only the storms are part of our lives, we need to understand that we have responses toward the storms, and we need to avoid making quick decisions, worldly emotional decisions, popular profiteering decisions, because if you end up making quick decisions, worldly decisions, popular profiteering decisions, you'll end up number one, are you ready? You'll end up number one, desperate. They get right in the middle of the storm, the wind has taken over, they lost control. You're no longer in control. You're out there in the wind, you are sailing with the wind, you're desperate, and the Bible said, as you read the rest of the story, they started to throw them, the, 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 the major things, that the helms that would throw it out, and, and the anchors that would throw it out, just because the ship now is, is going all over the place, and the wind has taken over control. And they've lost control. They no longer, the Bible said, they were so desperate they can no longer be in control of what was going on. As a matter of fact, look with me please in verses 11 and following. In, in verses 13 and following. The Bible says, when this gentle south wind sprung up, they thought that they had achieved their purpose. They weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. But before long, a fierce wind called the north the northeaster rushed down from the island since the ship was caught and unable to head into the wind. We gave way, lost control to it. We were driven along. We can no longer. If you make quick decisions, worldly decisions, emotional decisions, popular profiteering decisions, you'll lose control of who you are and what you are in control of. And they've lost control, and now they're at the mercy of other factors that they have no control of. You'll end up being desperate. You'll end up being not only desperate, you will end up being one who lives in darkness. Because in a moment, the stars are going to disappear, and they're no longer able to see what guided them. In those days, they didn't have no GPSs. The stars were guiding them, and now they're in the middle of the storm, and they're in a dark place. You'll end up being desperate. You'll end up being in a dark place. They had no hope that any life would have been saved. And they began to throw things away. Isn't that amazing? You get yourself into a storm. And you start doing things that you normally would not do. You're so depressed. You're in a storm. Or you'll go to somebody you shouldn't go to and they say, take this pill. And your depression gets worse. Did you know that the second storm is worse than the first storm? You're lonely. You've just gotten divorced. And you say, man, I, I need somebody in my life. And you end up falling for someone you would have never chosen if it was your first husband or, or before you even started dating. And you end up in an abusive relationship. And you start throwing away a relationship. You start throwing away common sense. You start throwing away your things. 
You start getting rid of people that love you. You, start, you just get so far away from God. You're just lost. You're in desperation. You're in darkness. There's no hope. And now you're in absolute despair. But how many of you thank God that no matter where you go, you're not going to run away from his presence? Amen. David said, David said, where shall I go that I can go away from you? God sees you in the storm. I thank God for his mercy. Amen. So we see, first of all, the realness of the storm. We see our response to the storm is to be patient with God, is to seek wisdom and to seek the will of God. And number three is to be, is to be, is to walk with God and make decisions that are, that are, that are, that are honoring to the Lord, not necessarily just those who would promote us and would agree with us and have affection toward us. But I want you to see number three, not only that, I want you to see the results of the storm if we are aligned back with the Almighty God. I love what Paul said. I absolutely love what the Apostle Paul said. I want you to see it. Read with me, please. The Bible said, in, in, back in verses 21, he said, in verse 22, 24, I'm sorry. And he said, don't be afraid to them. He said, Paul, they're in the middle of the storm, and they're now going all over the place. They've lost control. They have no hope. They thought they're all about to die. And Paul gets up in the middle of the storm, and here's what he said. He said, don't be afraid. It is necessary for you to appear before Caesar. And indeed, God has graciously given you all those who are sailing with you. Take courage, men, because I believe God that it will be just the way that it was told to me. But we have run aground on the same, on some island. What happened? Paul said that the angel of the Lord showed up to him. I love that. Paul said that the angel of the Lord showed up to him when you read the rest of the chapter and the angel said, Paul, I'm going to get you to Rome. As a matter of fact, in the next chapter, verse 14, he is in Rome. He's sharing the gospel. What happened? God saw that there is a man committed to him in the midst of the crowd. There's an anointing on this side of this aisle because somebody is committed to God. There's an anointing on this side of the aisle because somebody in the middle of the storm is connected with God. There's an anointing on this side of this aisle because somebody is yielded to the will of God. Paul is in the middle of the storm and the angel of God showed up to him. Isn't that awesome? Paul said, a few, few hours ago, now it's been 14 days ago, we thought we we're going to lose our lives, but God showed up to me. To remind me, he's sending me to Rome. He's going to get me to Are y'all all right? And I'm telling you, friend, even if you are in the middle of the storm and you've been cheated by the devil, you've made some bad decisions, if you belong to God, your destiny, your destiny will never be compromised. God will help along the way of your destination, but he'll get you to your destiny. Are you okay? And God showed up and said, Paul, I'm going to get you there. And he, things get worse for just a few minutes. And the ship begins to break. And it began to creak. And, and, and you can hear it just loud. And things begin. And people begin to lose control. And the soldiers decided to kill everybody. Because they didn't want people jumping away. And, and then they got the sailors decided to go and, and let the little boat out so they can escape. And people made some bad decisions. And Paul stands up and said, Wait a minute. I used to be the prisoner. Now I'm the jailer. I used to be the, 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 the prisoner on that ship. I'm the captain of that ship. Now the Holy Spirit is speaking and saying, we're going to make it all right. We're going to make it all right. And the ship begins to break. And guess what? 
But Paul never did say, we're going to make it with the ship looking the way it is. Sometimes <laughs> you may make it battered and broken and struggling and injured, but you'll make it. Sometimes you may lose uh, some, some, some physical features, some spiritual steps, you, some emotional struggle, but, but, but guess what? You're going to make it. Are y'all all right? Sometimes you may make decisions that are costly to you. You wish you would have never made it. But listen, God knows where you are. And even though you're going to make it all the way to your destiny on a plank, not necessarily just in the whole ship, just hanging by a thread on a plank. But guess what? You're going to make it. Why? Because he stretched his arm as wide as he could. And he died for the sin that has condemned you. And he took it as far as away from, from the west to the east. And he said, if you come to me, all that you have come to me, I will in no wise cast you out. You are, no one can pluck you out of my hands. And you may be limping. And you may be struggling. And you may be hurting. And you may be missing a step. But you are going to make it. And you're going to make it not on your account, but on his account. Not on your righteousness, but on his righteousness. Not on your record, but on his record. Not on your, listen, not on your skill, but on, her, on his gift. Are y'all all right? You're going to make it. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. You're going to make it. Now, here's what Paul said. You did not listen to me at the beginning of the journey. Now that you've experienced what the world has shown you, now listen to me, men. And now they give attention to the Apostle Paul. The captains and everybody else gives attention to the Apostle Paul. God released his plan in the middle of the storm. And now they're listening to the voice of God. This whole thing comes down to one major thing. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to a world that says, No, you don't need the church. You don't need the word. You don't need the will. You don't need the spirit. You don't need to go there every Sunday and worship. You know, these things are old timey. They're gone and all these things. And you don't need to surrender your life to God. And you end up wasting seasons of your life. Who are you going to listen to? Or are you going to listen to the voice of God? In worship, in the word. Are you going to hear the word of God? You're going to read the word of God. And you're going to say, God, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of it, I'm going to make it. You know why? Because I have an appointment with the Father. I'm on assignment for the Father. And I've been, I'm going to be used for the glory of Jesus, God the Son. I'm going to make it. I'm going to give you an invitation, very simple this morning. And here's what I'd like to say. Are you going to make it? Are you going to make it? Is it going to be on your record or his? Are you going to make it? Who are you listening to? If you're here and you've not given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you know what? If I can get saved on your behalf, I would. But I can't. You're going to have to make that decision. Who are you going to listen to? Jesus said... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gave us his son to die on the cross for us because he knew we'd go through a storm. Would you give your life to Jesus today? He said, Father, i got to get things right. Ah, you're driving yourself into a storm you can't handle. You've been doubting whether you are saved or not. Today is the day of decision. You need to make it. 
Would you stand up with me, everyone? Every head bow and every eye close. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, and you're just in a storm, or not even in a storm, you're trying to make it on your own, it's, it's things that you want to manage, and things are not working out right, why not give your heart to Jesus? You're giving the devil 100%. Why don't you give God 100%? And try God. I had to do that. And the devil lies and says, you know, when you become a child of God, things will get tough on you. Jesus said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. The Bible says it's the way of the transgressor that is hard. Proverbs 13. Give your life to Jesus today. Fadi, what shall I do to give my life to Jesus? Prayer, simple prayer like this. Quietly in your heart. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Lord, I'm a sinner. I have been in the storms for years. And it's time for me to come home. Forgive me of my sins and my sinful nature. Come into my life. Save me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Help me to my destination. In Jesus' name. Amen.